everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about what makes a good husband. Now, obviously, we are not the end-all be-all. First of all, second of all, we are not wives to really give a true idea of what makes a good husband. But we're going to talk from our place and what makes a good husband, the characteristics, the understanding, and any other traits that will benefit a marriage. So let's get into the episode. Yeah. And just as a reiteration for the premise of this podcast, this is the male perception. So if anybody's out there listening and thinking like these guys are out of pocket, like how dare they speak on behalf of me? We are not speaking on behalf of you. It is the male perception, more specifically our male perception. But as we go along here, I'm excited to get some people as guests on the podcast so we can have some additional male perspectives of marriage. But even within that, we understand that those perspectives may differ. I have a sneaking suspicion that many will be the same, though. And that is largely our purpose here is to let men of the world, especially husbands of the world, know that you're not in this alone. Other guys go through this. We just need to talk about it more and be able to better deal with the things that we go through as husbands. I totally agree. And if you disagree or have a differing opinion, please make sure you reach out to us, leave a comment, and let us know what you think. Brian, what is what are top two traits that you feel a husband must have? Ooh, all right. Top two traits that a good husband must have. He must unconditionally love his wife. Right. Un- unconditional love for a successful marriage is like you say all the time paramount to steal your word and i'm going to say that husband must also be present present of body present of mind present of awareness present in all the ways that you can use that word that is something for me that i have to be aware of and i I guess like i guess what i'm trying to say is in my marriage i'm not always present especially of body because I'm, I'm working so much. But I think I find as men, even in just a conversation, again, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I struggle to be in the moment and actively listening. So with that, I'm sometimes recounting all the things that happen in the day while my wife's trying to download her day to me. And so I'm not fully in that space with her. And I make her repeat herself all the time. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm hearing that she's talking, not technically listening. Got to be better. But I'll kick it back to you, man. What are your top two characteristics of a good husband? Top two. So to recap yours, what I'm hearing you, what I hear you saying is number one is unconditional love. Yes, sir. Number two is being present. Yes, sir. In all aspects. Right. Okay, so for me, I would say to not to not duplicate yours. It's okay if they're the same. Because I think love is good. But I would say communication, being a good communicator, not necessarily even a good communicator, but being able to in some way, shape, or form say what you're wanting to say and say what you're feeling. Because I've found that 
your wife just wants to know what's going on in your head and how you feel more so than we want to let anyone know. So it makes us very uncomfortable. And a good husband, as you go in your marriage, understands that and that you need to work on letting her know how you feel. Because that is probably one of the biggest things that she wants, in my experience, to know your thoughts and to know your feelings about what's going on in your life and your situation. So number one would be communication. Number two would be be great at understanding. And this may be empathy, like putting yourself in your wife's situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe empathy would be the better word, but being able to see yourself or see the situation from your wife's perspective, no matter what it is, and try to understand that situation and be able to really feel what she's giving you, even you're, even if you're not a feeler, or even if you're the feeler and she's not, try to just go the opposite way. Her, you've married her, you are loving on her. Even if it's new in a, in a marriage, trying to figure those spaces out. Yeah, yeah. So I think those would be my top two. Yeah. I think it might be beneficial for us to um, maybe spend a couple minutes on each of those kind of dive into them, maybe talk on our experiences in being successful and unsuccessful in each of those areas. Yeah, that sounds good. I think we can all actually, let's just pick one and then we'll uh, just go back and forth on sharing our experiences. All right, I have them listed out here already. So we'll just start with the first one I wrote down, which was unconditional love. I know for myself in... My younger life, unconditional love for me wasn't necessarily top of mind. As bad as this is going to sound, as I'm thinking about what I'm about to let leave my lips in a lot of relationships, I was just in it for what I could get out of it. I didn't see a large investment always in what the future might provide. And I think, therefore, if at any moment, I didn't think I was getting what I wanted out of the relationship. I was willing to end it. Man. Mm. Yeah, no anchor there. No, anchor's away. (laughs) (laughs) Stiff arms and such. For sure. Heisman on them. Yeah. And then I guess for a successful example of unconditional love, I think we covered this. This is something that my wife helped me learn in our marriage. But I think I want to even just go so any father out there could relate to it. Having a child really grounds you in what unconditional love is. Because you're thinking about this other person, as little as they may be, doing lots of little things that can make you upset, make you uncomfortable, all different types of emotions. And no matter what, you're always going to be there for them. You're always going to hug them. You're always going to kiss them. You're always going to embrace them, pick them up when they fall. All those little things that fathers do in order to be a father. But that's truly unconditional love. No matter what your child does at home, in the world, they will always know that daddy loves them. Excuse me. But I think in my experience that had even come secondary to my version of learning unconditional love, just Mm -hmm. like I explained in the earlier podcast that or earlier episode 
that's something that my wife taught me in displaying her unconditional love to me. But how, how about for you, Paul? Sample of unconditional <coughs> love. I was trying to listen to what you're saying and not have a response. So I'm processing. That's really good. I saw, so I had really an example to see unconditional love firsthand with when I met my wife, our oldest was 10. And seeing what you're saying about kids, like seeing how that dynamic played out in a level that I could understand. Uh, because when you're a kid, your parents love you unconditionally based on the things that you've done, but you don't really grasp it, I don't think, until you're older and understand what the magnitude of being a parent is, even from afar, even if you're not a parent, but you have friends that are and you see that dynamic. But I think how it worked for me, it works with our commun the communication example for, for me. Uh, a good example is my wife literally sat down and told me what she needed from me for us to be successful in a marriage. And that my communication was really bad, but she knew that I wasn't that great of a communicator, but she was like, okay, I love you. And this is what it's going to need to be successful. So literally sitting down and saying to me, you're, we will talk and I will give you the grace to say whatever you, you are thinking so you can process as it's going. Mm. And, but I will love you and give you that space. I will give it back to you to say, is this what you're saying? And if it isn't, we'll work through it. And she also said, it may hurt. And if it hurts, I'll tell you, but we're going to work through it. Hey. And for me, that was the that was what allowed me to actually become a better communicator. But also it showed me like, this is love. Like I could, you can literally rip someone to shreds with your words, but she was like, I'm vulnerable enough to take this for, to make this marriage work. So that example is a combo for my communication and my unconditional love. But that are, is good examples of how to do that. I'm blessed with, a wife that has done that. I don't know how many that are out there that would, but for me, that's what makes a good example of love working and communication working. Nice. All right. The next topic I have is being present. And I already covered my version mm -hmm. of that being present of mind, being present of body, being aware of how your wife is reacting to the things that you do and being aware, really, like you just said, being aware of what she needs from you and being willing to work on delivering those things. None of us are perfect, but just for the fact that you're willing to work on them and you do put effort into being better, I think that pretty much is all encompassed in being present in your marriage. Right. Absolutely. I would say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. I was just trying to get back to like ways I've failed and been successful as far as being present is concerned. And I feel like I'm constantly failing and succeeding in this. I feel like I'm failing when I spend too much time working. Uh, I think that for me is the biggest one. I'm constantly trying to change things around and be more present. There was some advice that I took from you that I executed on. And that was you know, listening to my wife, whether it had been her communicating with me or with someone else. She has mm -hmm. been saying quite a few times, as I recollected on it, that she wanted to get back to New Orleans where we love it down there. It's also the spot that we were engaged. I had a bunch of friends around us, which was you know, really 
a very cool experience. But by executing on that, I booked a weekend trip for us to go there, which we are, you know, taking rather soon. Yes. So that was a husband wins right there. I guess I already said which ways I'm uh, successful and uh, failed in that area. I'll kick it to you. Sure. I had an issue of trying. Ha- I'm okay to be by myself. So even in the presence of others. So in marriage and being a part of a family, that doesn't work. I thought it would be because for me being physically present or physically in the presence of someone is okay for me. I feel like even if we're not doing anything, I feel like it's time because we're physically proximate to each other. But not everybody thinks that way or feels that way. So one, I had to learn that. I had to be open enough to learn that and realize that wasn't giving my family what they needed. Another way I failed was just scrolling mindlessly through my phone, doing a lot of social media things early on, even when we were out, like taking pictures, tagging, all that stuff, like letting the world know what I was doing, but not being as present in the moment of what we were doing. My wife talked to me about that. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I switched that up. And some people could look at it as her trying to tell me what to do, but it was more so, I want you here and I want all of you here or most of you here. She's like, I get social media is a thing, but not as much as you're doing it. And it's funny because now it's a reverse because I don't really have an issue with it. But now, like that was early on, but I think it was more establishing what our marriage would be and her now knowing that I have no issues. Like people are always like, Oh, I saw you did this. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And then I'm like, what people that follow her, whatever, and coworkers and such. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Oh, I guess we did do that. And then, but she does it so discreetly. I don't know that she's either taking pictures or whatever. She'll wait till the end of the day and load a bunch of pictures up while I'm in the mint. Like, Instagram tag. We're here. We're here. We're doing this. This is great. So I think being present off of my device was good. But I also had a problem as far as being an entrepreneur, trying to sneak off when there were like dead spots. And if we were doing something as a family or we're home, maybe dinner's happening and something and I'm sneaking off to the office to try to do something or there's a lull in what we're doing as a family and I'm on my phone researching something or trying to get something done so that I was failing because I was being my daughter would come in and say something my son would come in and he and I wouldn't be fully present so what we did to champion that moment was just decided for both of us because my wife is a she's a contractor and she does operations so she could technically always be working on something as well So we decided to just set time for when Belle, our youngest, when she's up, we're just going to be in the moment doing those things as much as possible. And if we can't, we'll set aside time so that it's okay. In this next hour, I'm going to be doing this while the other one is with the kids or doing something if it needs to be done. Or it just nothing gets done that's not family from the time she gets home to the time she goes to bed. And then we'll work out what we can do after. So does that mean we stay up later or does that mean we get up earlier? That might be what we need to do, but that's for the good of us being present with each other. That's how we did it. So that's what's up, man. I have struggled with that as well. And I'm trying to be better on that. Your mind as an entrepreneur is always 
in some form on your business and every opportunity that you have, especially like when new ideas spark and you're, Oh, I got to do something with that before I lose it. So any little Mm -hmm. space like that, I, I found myself creeping off. Oh, here's a commercial. Let me go walk over here to my computer and spend 45 minutes. That's the longest commercial ever. <laughs> exactly. Not even really think about it. But yeah, I like that, man. That's cool. All right. So I'll let you leave with the next two since they were yours. The first one being communication. I already talked about my communication with my unconditional love. But yeah, yeah. just to recap, got to be open to it and got to be vulnerable with it and have a conversation about it before a topic or something comes up where your feelings will be involved. Uh, and that's probably what all I say about that to not rehash what I just said. So as far as communication goes for me, I am typically able to listen very well just with my customer service background, sales background. That's a skill that you have to have. So I'm always able to hear what my wife is saying and typically understand where she's coming from, which goes into the next one but I am not always able to give back to her verbally as my my share of the communication which is uh, something I'm working on now right outside of the home in business at work or whatever the case may be I can go back and forth with you all day but I think as we touched on in another episode that's a whole different world because it's not something that I know can snap back and hurt me. And then the other thing is I am also choosing to be very uh, careful with my words because as we had just said, words can hurt. And I fully know that I have the propensity to cut with my words when you know I get in a situation where I'm upset about something or angry. I'm quick to slash you down if I feel... <laughs> It's deserved. If it's warranted, you're getting cut. Especially if I'm coming to the defense of somebody else, I'm quick to give a tongue lashing. But when it comes to my wife, I don't want to be like that. And I want to make sure that when I do communicate verbally with her, that I'm giving her all the things that she needs, that I'm touching all the points that she had touched on. And that's really also goes back to being present and loving unconditionally, choosing to love in the moment and give her the feedback that she needs that she's looking for. I think that's pretty much all I have to say on that. So we'll keep it pushing and move on to... Wait, let me hit that. You said something about the conversation being different with your wife. And there's a, for me, there's a value in that space that I have with no one else. So there's more care. And I don't know if that's good or bad, Mm. meaning... I think it's good that I value that space, but I think I might overthink in the moment. I can be conscious of not, of being, I can be conscious of bridling my tongue. But now that I think about it, I can do that with anyone. So why do I take more care with her? Like knowing that she needs more and a, a quicker process and me not to think through every word would probably be better in our relationship. But why do I, I'm trying to just walk through why do I hold it like that? And maybe I should try to fail more to see where that balance is. That's the balance exactly where from, I was going to go. From yeah. holding it where it deserves. Like it, I feel like it deserves to be a special space because that's my wife and the love of my life. But also don't hold it so much that 
I'm now stifling my communication and our relationship because I'm trying to say the perfect word at all times. Yeah. Just a thought. That, we're going to stick on this for a minute. Because okay. that, I think, is the exact way to describe it. We are trying to be so perfect with our words. But to your point, out in the world, we'll say whatever needs to be said and then are willing to go back and correct what needed to be said in the moment. But we don't do that with our wives always. If you had to put a little thought into it, what do you think is driving that? Obviously, like I said, it's we don't want to hurt them in the moment. I think maybe some of it is if it's, let's say, in a argumentative space, we want it to be done and over with. Let me think <laughs> me of how concisely I can say this to get this done. But I, I think the less sometimes I'm afraid to say exactly what's on my mind because I know it can be damaging. And so, yeah, I, and, and I guess where my mind is going right now is, am I not now being honest if I'm trying to condition my words? Thinking, yeah, this is, I think it's, yeah, you want to say the perfect thing because one, for me, I think that once you say it, you can't unhear it yeah. and it, it matters the most how she hears things especially um, the first time right yeah because i think it's I, the I, weightiness yeah and i yeah, feel yeah. like with women it's you said this <laughs> as much as they like to say our actions speak louder than our words when we say something sometimes they will hold on to that man and it's not that i'm not trying to give them that power but it's like, I know that could come back to bite me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I've seen it play out a bunch of times that it's like, you may have worked through this. I may have worked through this with a couple or something, and then it may swing back around. But this was said, and you're like, wait a minute. I thought we let that go. But I, but you think it might be thinking about it. Maybe it's a pride thing. Like you want to be like, you want to be perfect for your wife, even though she doesn't need you to be. Yeah. So like you want to be like, okay, like I'm going to communicate this the best way I know how and so that she can understand it and that so she won't be, it won't push her to emotional space that she doesn't want to be. And we can get this over with. But it's, yeah. you just want to concoct the best, the best cocktail. <laughs> but that's not what she wants. Like she just wants rum and coke. Just give her the rum and coke. <laughs> no, let me give you this sorcerer's brew right. of conversation. Right. This cauldron ready for you. We're gonna get it up. So, you know, oh, but man. yeah, she, she may just want a strawberry banana smoothie. Hey. You're just putting everything in there. Chill out. Let's just paste the recipe on the wall and work with it. So I think it goes back to what you said earlier in an episode of the perceptions we have of what our wives want compared to they might just be like, bro, just talk to me and, and we'll work through what was said. But with that being said, I'm going to carefully also say that beware what you say <laughs> and have the conversation in a safe space with your wife to like we said before establish and review your rules of engagement if you're mm -hmm. talking about being in an argumentative space if it's just in normal space where she's talking about something and you're trying to formulate because in your mind you're thinking if i say this she's gonna take it this way if i say this she's going to expect me to do this 
if mm-hmm. you know I say this, then I'm gonna I'm going to have to do this. Talk to your wife outside of those parameters and mm-hmm. ask her what form of communication in those parameters is she looking for and is okay that's not going to get you in trouble <laughs> that right. uh, is going to get the reaction that you want and is going to give her what she wants more importantly yeah and i think even just having that conversation will will spark some things in her and she'll be able to understand you a little bit more mm-hmm. which is you know always good within communication man that was what are we doing out here like, <laughs> like what are you doing? you really got me stuck on this is this manipulation like and dishonesty by not just being authentic with our wives like the words i'm saying aren't lies (laughs) but they are also not our initial thoughts so is it best which we know technically it's the opposite is it best to give a reactionary answer we're human and we're able to take in process and respond that I think that is a major part of communication as well. I think we just need to be better at doing that more quickly with our wives. Yeah. Speaking for ourselves, for sure. I can, maybe some people don't have this issue at all and they're just be able to go, and it's all out and it's good, but we're processing through it with ourselves. I think that's true. And I was thinking in my mind, what is the best relationship that I have outside of my wife that I communicate the most freely and it flows back and forth. And how can I bring that into the conversations with my wife? And what is the difference in what is the difference in those? What is the weight difference? Why do why am I overanalyzing with her, but not with that other relationship? Why am I not doing that with you, Brian? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. why is so, that not happening? So I'm going to blow your mind in a second here when I say what I'm about to say. I'm not ready. <laughs> but you are though. We, in some instances are trying to be controlling We're we're trying to control the outcome and i i said it already we don't want this to happen we don't want this to happen yeah, so we say what we need to say in a, and we frame it in a certain way why are we being trying to be so controlling like the conversation we're having right now we're just you know evident flowing i'm kicking it to you right. and kicking it back and communication could be we're actively right. listening to each other we're responding to what each other is saying we're even in some scenarios repeating what each other has said so what I'm hearing you saying is mm-hmm. all these different things. But then when we get into that situation, we're like, okay, I want this to be over with, <laughs> or which sounds terrible. right? So now right. I absolutely know I need to be better at it, but um, <laughs> or I don't want to hurt her feelings and all these things. So we're yeah. trying to manufacture the perfect conversation, which doesn't exist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just talk. That's literally it. Hashtag just talk. <laughs> for all husbands hashtag just talk oh, man. yeah i think like we said before if you go back to your rules of engagement and really have a free space that you know is safe then yes just talk now if you haven't had that and your wife may be someone that holds everything to you and it will not be good work on getting to that free space then yeah, you can yeah, work yeah. on the just talk i don't want to say just go out there and do everything willy-nilly yeah, and, yeah. Uh, then it'd be worse than what you think because some things are protective mechanisms or coping mechanisms but if you can get to a space of free speech and free flow and rules of engagement and all those then you got to just be able to talk it out yeah 
And as I'm thinking about it, as us being best friends, I have full permission to say, son, you're, you're way out of pocket right now. Does your wife have that same permission? Yes, she does. But yes, that's a good question for anyone that's listening. Have you given your wife that space? Because if you haven't, that might be a reason why you can talk to someone else because you've given them that space to not get mad or angry. You get in your emotions and you get in your feelings because of that. But yeah. And to some extent, outside of your marriage, you can take it or leave it. The the responses you get. (laughs) And that is the weightiness of it. You can't do that within your marriage. As much as you might want to. I I live that take it or leave it life. It left me leaving it far too often. That's good. Uh, And I think we need to wind up on time. But I think a lot of what we just reviewed went into everything. All four of these things. Unconditional love, being present, communication, and being understanding. Is there anything off the top of your head that you want to touch on with those? I know we're up on time, but man, understanding is really big. Just always try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. I would say I would really like to hear how you do that as being one that is away from home all the time. Like, how do you put yourself in the shoes of Katie being home all the time with your basketball team. But for me, I've definitely failed on understanding the magnitude because for my wife, like we talked about earlier, maybe about the societal roles and how they see themselves. And she is, she's a boss. Like that's one of the things I love about her. Like she is, my daughter calls her like the boss's boss because she runs when she goes into an organization, she runs it. She gets the all the organizational things together. So the people that hire her look to her to lead, but having that weight of a job, but then coming home and like still trying to be a mom, still trying to be a wife, like trying to make sure the house is up to your standards, which my wife loves a clean house. So like any little thing that's out of place can really jack her up. But if you're pouring into your work as a person and then pouring into your children and your family, like you may not have that space to clean your house all the time. So like understanding why things like that, like what can I do to help? And knowing that those kind of things can rub her the wrong way. Like, where do I do, like, how do I put myself, man, that, that piece of paper is just, or like the kitchen, it's not super dirty, but if she comes in and sees it, it can not be good, not like an overreaction, but it can just, if you're really tired, you just had a long day and you come home and you're like, now I got to clean the kitchen. You don't want that to happen because that can now affect the rest of your time with your family. So just looking at things from different perspectives um, can definitely help within the marriage. Yeah, definitely. I think the way I work on being understanding is putting myself in her position when I can. That's good. That's really good. Like physically being what she would do or doing because she's home most of the time so that takes me listening to her and listening to her feelings when she says i don't get to do anything Mm -hmm. and she feels some type of way about it because for those words to come out of her mouth it makes her feel like she sounds like a bad mom like she doesn't want to be in the home Mm -hmm. with you know our kids and teaching which is not the case exactly and we know that's not the case so i have to provide that space for her to say those things Mm-hmm. And then also let her know that, hey, I understand where you're coming from. And obviously, I don't perceive it that way. I, I understand that it can be very frustrating at times to feel trapped in the home, especially mm-hmm. in this you know COVID environment that we're in. So 
when she has the opportunity to like take a break and go get her hair done, I have to be conscious enough of mind to just for lack of better words, just take it right. And say, Hey, go, I got the kids. Mm -hmm. I got the house. Go do you and, Mm -hmm. and take that time and not complain about everything. Not, call her 10 times like where's this mm-hmm. what is this how do, how do i do mm-hmm. this so i'm present enough as a father where i could handle all the things while she's gone mm-hmm. okay so now i'm fully in that space now obviously i don't take on the household responsibility to the level that she does but she can trust when she goes hey brian's got it i don't right. have, i don't have to worry about what's going on at home i don't have to worry about whether the kids are safe or not i don't have to worry about whether they were fed or not i don't have to worry about whether the diapers are being changed all these different things she could just go do her and hopefully take a break and relax for a while like as a man i would seek relaxation whether it be like on a golf course or for me having conversations with you right now is a form of that if she needs to be on the phone with her friends for an hour why don't you go upstairs and do that and leave the kids with me we'll be down here playing games or eating dinner or not eating dinner but i'll be be making dinner is what i was thinking i i can do that if she needs that space i can make dinner and keep an eye on the kids and everything so that's my way of being understanding just to reiterate putting myself literally in her shoes to allow her to have space outside of Mm -hmm. her day-to-day responsibilities that way when she says to me like i'm tired that's another thing like i'll get home and i'll be tired from work or whatever and i have to jump right now you know into daddy mode and you know sometimes the first thing she says to me is sleep last night i need to take a nap and i have to be okay with that because I understand getting up with the kids multiple times during the night because I feel wake up so early for work. Like she allows me that space to stay in bed mm-hmm. and I fully appreciate that. And then all the things that she would have gone through throughout the day, my oldest, she's being homeschooled right now, um, dealing with a two year old, dealing with an infant that will beat you down. Yeah, <laughs> you know? really will. So I understand that and yeah, go take a nap and I'm not there to complain about it. I'm not giving her a face about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those side eyes just, yeah, babe, I'm choosing to be loving in the moment. Go take a nap however long you need. I got it. I'll hold it down. Mm-hmm. And I'll see you when you come back down. So, yeah, just to wrap it up, just got to be open to loving your wife, being understanding, communicating. And then I missed number two. What's number two? Being present. Oh, and being present. Yeah. We hope that you guys enjoyed or gained something from this episode. For us, obviously, we just were processing in the moment, trying to figure things out, but it it worked out. So please, if you did uh, gain something, just subscribe, um, leave a comment, let us know where we did well. And if you have any issues with anything, please let us know that in the comments as well and your own experiences with this topic. So enjoy the rest of your time, your day. Yes, thank you for listening to the podcast. This is Paul just saying, enjoy the rest of your day. And this is Brian saying, do all the call to actions. Follow, like, subscribe. Uh, Make sure you hit us up on Facebook. Uh, We've got a page going there. We're going to create a community and we will see you next time.